Everybody, it's good to see you. My name is Darren and senior leader here along with an amazing team of people at the harbor. And I echo Sam uh, in terms of guests this morning. We're so glad that you're with us and, and honored that, that you would spend some of your Sunday with us uh, here in this meeting. And again, love to get connected, see our welcome team after we have a special gift for you just to say thank you for coming. Thanks for being here. Uh, we got back this last week from my mom's memorial. For those of you that aren't aware, my mom passed away September 6th, and we were able to honor her life back in my hometown and home state of Montana. And it was a beautiful experience. You know, it's been a long time since we've all been back there. And, and God just really breathed on, you know, that that trip, that journey. And, you know, got to see uh, some of my my country, you know, my my... My space that I was able to be formed and fashioned in, you know, that you take, how many of you know where you grow up, sometimes you take for granted, right? And, and just had some beautiful experiences in, in God's creation. And I think we need to do like a ministry trip to Montana or something. Like anybody down with that? So it was, it was amazing. We went to Yellowstone and, but what was incredible was to see all of the people that came out uh, to celebrate my mom and her life. And it ministered grace to me. And, you know, people from all of the facets and, and different seasons of her life. And it, it was, it was just, it was awe-inspiring, really. And, and the Lord used us, used our family to, to really set an atmosphere and a tone that many, many people were touched. And it was beautiful. So thanks for your prayers. Thanks for helping us finish this leg of the journey. It, it means a lot. And, and, uh, God's done much in our hearts through this time. And, and we feel, we feel my mom, we feel her spirit and her presence and just looking down from that great cloud of witnesses, right? Cheering us on as we all move forward in the days to come. So being first Sunday, we, we take a focus as it relates to the word on the gospel, the accomplished work of what Christ completed on the cross. And so we're going to do that once again this morning. You know, the, the word gospel, it simply means good news. How I many of you know that we need some good news in our culture today, right? We're, the, the, you know, society and news and everything's inundated with bad news. And, and we want to celebrate the good news of the gospel this morning of how God has saved us, brought salvation and saved us from something. You know, I call that the gospel of salvation, which is such a beautiful thing. It's like, how many of you know we needed a savior? We are desperate for a savior. I, I, I tweeted out the other day, you know, uh, the question, do all roads lead to God? And I, 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 you know, just stipulated the answer to that is no, but God will travel all roads to find us. And I think that that's really powerful, man. He is, he is leaving the 99 and there's no mountain that he won't climb up or, you know, wall that he won't kick down that he's, that he's, so passionate about running after us. But how many of you know that when he saves us from something, he also calls us to something? I'll work over here. How many of you know? Because see, so often the church has been in this space where, oh, thank God we've been saved from this. And then we're just stuck in this place of limbo waiting for us to go to heaven. But God has called us. To do something where he is ruling in us and through us to bring transformation to the world. This is called the good news of the kingdom or the gospel of the kingdom. 
where he saved us into this space. So there's, you know, this whole concept of salvation where we were like, wow, there's no more distance between us and God. He's come close. He's he's torn the veil. He's ripped open wide that chasm and crossed it over with Jesus, you know. But there's no longer no distance, but there's no longer any delay. We're not waiting for something more to come. It already came 2,000 years ago, and it's time for us to step in and to apprehend and to take over and to move forward as transformed people who want to transform culture. Can I get a huge amen right there? So here's what I want to do. I want to look at this concept of Christ-like capacity. That actually every single person in this room has and may not even realize it. And by doing so, we're going to go to Luke chapter 2, verse 40, and look at the life of Jesus. And I'm reading from the message this morning in this verse. I'll be bouncing around between different translations, just as I felt led to to kind of present them to you this morning. But look at this in Luke chapter 40, because we're looking at this good news of the gospel of salvation, gospel of, of the kingdom, and this whole... I think calling over all of our lives to have Christ-like capacity and execute it in the life that we're called to live. And it says here that they're, they're the child. I want you to take note of that. Luke chapter 2, verse 40, please. Um, they're the child, grew strong in body and wise in spirit, and the grace of God was on him. Now, I want you to see something in the, in the bottom part of this verse. The word child there is the Greek word pation, pation, and we're going to see the definition of that in just a minute. It, it, it literally means a half-grown boy, okay? So he was in this journey where he had come a certain distance, but there was more for Jesus to go and to experience, all right? And he was growing in body. body. There was this capacity expansion that, that the Holy Spirit was bringing and forging inside of Jesus' life, and he was becoming wise in spirit. In other words, not only was his body able to, to have greater capacity, but his spirit was able to have greater capacity. And it says that the grace of God was on him, where really there was this prosperity of soul that was taking place, where his mind, his will, his emotions were all in this state of growth. And what's really interesting to me is we think, for some reason, that we're going to bypass process when Jesus himself didn't bypass process in his own life, in his own calling to be a transformed person that was ultimately going to transform culture. It's modeled right here before us. And here's what I believe. I believe that this grace reality, this, this unmerited favor that we've received, this is good news, and then on the back side of that, divine enabling power that he's now putting into us as we've come into this place of acceptance is manifesting wholeness of soul. Wholeness of soul. And I think this is really important because how many of you know that God wants wholeness in our belief systems? I was talking to our, our, our group this morning that was over in the partners class and I was saying how, you know, Paul, when he was ministering in the Corinthian culture, which how many of you, you know, if you study that out at all, it was the complete antithesis of a Christ-like culture. 
And so he was saying of these Corinthians, he said, we need the light of the gospel to come in and, and break off all these ungodly belief systems. He said, in fact, it's like a, a strong fortified tower that's built upon a hill that, that needs to be plundered by the love of God. But, but where the, the power of the good news of the word of the Lord is, is breaking into their hearts. And so this wholeness of soul, it brings wholeness in our belief systems. And not only there, I believe it brings wholeness in our emotional consciousness and even subconsciousness. You know, there's things that, that, that trigger us or, or, or when certain situations happen, we react or we respond either consciously or subconsciously and we don't even know why we're doing it. God wants to go to the depths of our hearts and break in and give us greater capacity not only in our frames, our bodies, or in our spirits where we, where, we, where we enlarge in those realms, but also in our souls. This is wholeness. Spirit, soul, body. We believe that what Christ paid for on the cross accomplished breakthrough in all of those realms. We don't want to wait until the next life to enter in. To the fullness of what God could have for us if we just journeyed with Him in those ways. And I believe this. I believe that this wholeness, you got to hear this, serves as the catalyst. How many of you know we need Holy Spirit catalysts in our lives in this moment, in this hour, to create greater capacity of body, soul, and spirit? In other words, the level that we're all at right now, how many of you know that God wants to take it way beyond where each of us are? In fact, I believe that the word of the Lord that says, man, if you had any idea of the plans that I had for you, the things that I wanted to do in you and then through you, you wouldn't even believe me if I told you. There's so much more to this good news than you even realize. What if we saw a generation rise up that said, God, fully everything that you gave, we want to fully receive and we want to fully give it away. What if we saw that kind of compassion and passion in our hearts as the church? I believe it's what God paid for, and I believe it's what we should hunger for and long for. Full return on what Jesus did. Amen? So the context here of Luke chapter 2, you'll see this in verse 41. Every year, Jesus' parents would make this journey to Jerusalem... And at this journey, Jesus was 12 years old. We see that in verse 42, where they attended the festival. And it was where he would come, and he would sit before the teachers of the Word of God. Isn't that amazing? Even the Son of God would sit under the Word. 12 years old. In fact, there was a time when they lost Jesus, and they were wondering where he was, and he was surprised that his parents would even question where he was. He said, don't you know that I would be in my father's house learning of my father's word? You know, the Bible talks about raising up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Have you heard that verse? Did you know that the word old there literally means 13 years of age? Yeah, in... The Jewish law, bar mitzvah, was the adoption of sonship ceremony that would be a completely separate event 
where the father would shout out for everybody to hear, this is my beloved son. See, in culture, now, I believe we're pushing back capacity for future years, when back in this time, there was a moment from the age of 12, transitioning into 13, that sonship and greatness was begin to begin to manifest. I mean, how, how do we even view 13-year-olds today? That they don't have much? That they're not really ready? That they're... You know what I mean? I'm, I, I was challenged even studying this because Jesus was on the verge of transition into adulthood as, as God was intentionally trying to increase his capacity. Because he had an assignment. He was going to change the world. One man imparting what he had received to 12 others that would turn the whole unknown world upside down in 30 years or less. The father's strategic. In that verse at Bar Mitzvah where we see this is my son, it's the word huios. I'm sorry, I may be pronouncing that wrong, but it means this. It means sons positioned for inheritance, or kinship, family. That's why Jesus was always like, why are you all begging for bread? Why are you letting the worries of tomorrow come in today? Do you not know who you are? Do you not know whose you are? That you are sons. And please hear me, ladies. It's all encapsulated in this. Daughters, position for inheritance. You are family to God. You are no longer orphans or strangers or aliens or foreigners. And as a son, Jesus, the grace of God was on him to shape him into a father. You know, I don't believe that the world needs more sons. It needs more fathers, ultimately, at the end of the day. And Jesus was able to glean that from his heavenly father and step into that space. Now we see, I want to show you a verse here and then we're just going to move through this. Right on the transition of John the Baptist's ministry to the ministry of Jesus, we see this interaction where John the Baptist's ministry is at its height. He's the last Old Testament prophet. Transition was going to, was going to happen. They were going to move from old covenant reality into new covenant reality. And it was said of John the Baptist that he came in the spirit of Elijah, which if you look back into the Old Testament, it was a fathering spirit. But look what was going on here at the height of religion. I want you to see this, because we think, we think religion is, is becoming maybe filled with more capacity, more organization, more, more insight. And I want to submit that I think it's actually the opposite. I know we've built ministry machines, and I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being dialed in to the purposes of God. Super intentional about where he's calling us to go. Now look at the, what the height of religion looks like in Luke chapter 7, verse 31 and 32. He says, and the Lord said, 
talking about this moment with John the Baptist, to what shall I liken the men, notice that word, grown people of this generation? And what are they like? So as the shadow of darkness was over these people, because they were stuck in this place of religion, he says in verse 32, here's, here's what it's like. They're like children sitting in the marketplace, calling to one another and saying, we played the flute for you and you did not dance and we mourned for you and you did not weep. In other words, religion looks like children entertaining children. No capacity. No increase. Spirit. Soul. Body. The Greek word pation meaning a half-grown boy. There could be implication here of it literally meaning an immature believer. It's one of the things Paul struggled with. He said, why do I have to continue to give you milk when there's meat for you so you can grow? It's time to change the world. So at the harbor, we have a gospel focus, which is why we're taking 12 Sundays a year to pound this thing into our beautiful hearts. Which is this. To see sons and daughters positioned for inheritance. We want to create an atmosphere. I was telling our partners class this morning, I was like, I just had this thing come over my heart the other day. I was like, if, if anybody comes into this house and engages with their heart, full connection, they will become a disciple of Jesus. No doubt. It is ripe. The atmosphere is fixed. It is, there is a team in place that has journeyed and navigated with the Lord. And that team is increasing, growing, stepping into new spaces. Other people are being added. But the atmosphere will make you a disciple if you connect your heart to it. Period. So sons and daughters position for inheritance. What is that inheritance? Your transformation. And then you being used as a vessel to bring transformation. It's that simple. Church is not complicated. For 2,000 years, you know, we echo this hybrid model that we see in the Word. There has been gatherings and there is groups. We're at both spaces. The Word, let's say, in the gatherings, there it is preached. And in the groups, there is dialogue about what has been said, what has been talked about, so we can go deeper. I love these moments. I love, I love one-way communication, but I also feel the... The, the, the wanting there in the spirit where, hey, let's take what's being said, let's connect, and let's go deeper in what was spoken and see really what's going on in our own hearts. Because the Word of God is powerful, sharp, divides us under soul and spirit. It, it pierces in the love of God to the very heart of the issue. It's a simple model, really, but it's massively important. This whole concept of the word of the Lord. Look with with me in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10 quickly. We're moving to a close here. It says this, it says, the one who climbed down is the one who climbed back up. Talking about Jesus. Up to the highest of the heavens. In other words, his position is preeminent over all things. Church, Christ rules. 
He is seated on a throne. He will get His full reward. He is getting His full reward through a people that are being raised up in this very moment, i.e. you and I. And He handed out gifts above and below and filled heaven with His gifts. And He filled earth with His gifts. And He handed out the gift of apostle and prophet and evangelist and pastor and teacher. Why? Verse 12. To train Christians in skilled, in other words, greater capacity work, working within Christ's body, the church, and then, of course, with outside the body. That's the whole purpose. Now, how long will this continue, would you ask? Let's look at verse 13. Until we are all, everybody say all. Everybody shout all. All moving rhythmically and easily with each other. What would that look like? Efficient and graceful in response to God's Son. Look at this. Fully mature adults. Fully developed within and without. Fully alive in Christ. (laughs) I could disintegrate right now. Based on that verse. And he says in verse 14, look at this. And hear this through the love lens of God. No prolonged infancies among us, please. Now, we all have process, but he's talking about prolonged infancies. Where we don't move from 12 to 13, and we get down into our 20s and our 30s, maybe even our 50s, and we haven't entered into that space where God's capacity has taken hold of us. We will not tolerate babes in the woods. I love that version right there. I don't know where that... We don't have much woods down. We will not tolerate babes in the palm trees. South Florida version. Small children who are an easy mark for apostles. In other words, tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. It's exhausting. And this word here for children is a Greek word, nepios, meaning... A non-speaking infant. In other words, the next verse, it says that we're to speak the truth in love. But here, they're unable to speak. Fatherhood, motherhood, not complex. It's simply giving away the sonship, daughterhood. That we've already received. Four things quickly on, on this whole sonship. Number one, as we get ready to take communion together, think about this. Sonship is all about connection. Daughterhood is all about connection. Relational intimacy out of, you got to hear this, The place of identity. In our worship gatherings, we talk about identity, intimacy, and destiny every single week. And we'll do it until the Lord returns. Why? Because identity is massively important. Because identity, hear me, dismantles inferiority. We won't have any cultural issues in our nation, in the world, if we know who we are. 
Because no one's going to be, tell, be able to tell us how diminished we are or we think we're so superior when we really know our identity, our true identity. It dismantles inferiority. And you know what dismantling of inferiority does? It makes space for intimacy with God and one another. When you feel inferior, you cannot connect your heart fully to somebody else. It's one of the biggest issues we see in marriage. It's when the, the spouse does not know who they are. There's a wall. There's a disconnect of really being able to open up their heart to somebody else because there's no trust. And without intimacy, trust me, church, as we go together in, 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 this, in this union of one, one another into this place of trust, destiny, eternal destiny especially, there's no way for it really to manifest. So this is why God is coming and he's showing us who we are. He's opening up our hearts to him and others that we feel to give that space to. And then all of a sudden you feel the momentum of destiny start to swirl in the midst of your life. Number two, competency. This is the word capacity. We've already talked about that. Number three, character. Do you know what this is? The distinctive qualities that you already carry. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Bring them out. Well, Darren, I'm acting like this sometimes and that like the other. Remind yourself of who you are now and tell yourself, hey, I'm no longer that person. Go before the throne of God. Get help. Confess your challenges one to another that you'll be healed in those realms because you are meant to manifest Jesus. This is your portion. And number four, I love this one, congruency, harmony, union, oneness. So if through connection we have worship, through congruency we have engagement. And look at this with me. This is where relational, through relational connection, trust is established where hearts are open to receive. Come on, let's be honest. We have issues today receiving from other people. And there's reasons for that. I, and there's complexities to that. And we need to have the grace of God to sort through all that. But that is essential to church life. Where we share friendship. And where we give away. We, we have a heart to give away to others what we've received for ourselves. Discipleship. Mentorship. Friendship. Discipleship. Worship. Identity. Intimacy. Destiny. It's not complex. This is where we're moving. Because of the gospel. To position sons and daughters for inheritance. close with this. I believe that who we surround ourselves with is who we will become. Talk about God, but I'm telling you, it's all translated this way. And I believe that the Lord is having us choose wisely, number one, who will be the fathers in our life, mothers in our life. Hear me on this. A father and a mother is just someone who's journeyed farther than you. That can stir the passion that's inside of your heart. And we need those people in our lives. Every single one of us, including myself. If you are going it alone, you're going to hit some roadblocks because you can't see some things that are coming where other people that have gone farther than you can. Because they've been there. Number two... And by the way, 
illustration of that, it would be Paul, where you're receiving from somebody. And I want to submit this. Fathers and mothers in your life, that's on you and on me. It's not on them. Hunt them down, chase them down, call them. And it can't just be Sam and I and Julie. There's many other fathers and mothers around. And I'm saying, go after them. Get into their life. When we launch small groups in January again, find those people, hunt them down, knock at their door, camp outside in their lawn. No, don't do that. Number two is this, friends in our life who have journeyed alongside us. Who's really with you? And they share your passion. Come on. I'm all about connecting with all kinds of people, but get around people that share your fire. Share your convictions. Share what moves you. We spend so much time with other people when these should be the priorities of our relationship. And friendship is mutual. It's got to be an agreement on their part and on yours. And if that's not working, move on to another friend. It's okay. And lastly, family in your life. Those who want to journey with you. We're not going to get up here and guilt people to be a part of the harbor. You should have sat in our partners class. It was beautiful. The things that I said, if I don't mind saying. It was awesome. Because, because we're building voluntary hearts that say, I'm in. And that want to journey with you. That desire your passion. That are willing to receive. And that's on them. No one can choose that. Oh my goodness, I dumped over my communion. Is that sacrilegious? <laughs> Lord, forgive that. Here's, here's the thing as we, as we close today. Jesus began to know, know at 12 everything that was going on with his life that was going to shape and set a course for you and I. And he fully embraced the process. And he was ready when his bar mitzvah came to begin, become a son positioned for inheritance. Now think about this. It was from 13 to 30 that he had to wait for that moment. But he knew then that he didn't grow weary or discouraged or bitter or offended because he was positioned. So when the second echo came at his baptism, this is my beloved son, he was ready to be released. Now, I feel to pray as we, as we go into this time of communion. Like Maybe some of you haven't had good father or mothering experiences in the natural, maybe even in the spiritual. Maybe there's been some brokenness of friendships. Maybe you tried to give away what you had to someone else and they betrayed you or rejected you. Listen, it doesn't take away from what Jesus paid and what we're called to carry. It's a new moment. And I feel like it'd be appropriate for us just to pause 
Would you just close your eyes with me? Would you just reflect of that beautiful son, that beautiful father that hung on that cross? And when his friends and those he loved deserted him, and when his creation, his offspring, when they ridiculed him and they despised him and they spit in his face, he, with extended arms, he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. religion was broken where people couldn't move beyond being children, entertaining children. And that chasm was bridged. Heaven came to earth. Blood and water spilled into the soil to bring redemption to anything and everything that was broken and anything and everything that hindered love. And every sin, hear me, past and present and future that came on him, that took him to the depths of hell, could not hold him in that space. And he snatched back the keys that Satan had usurped from mankind. And he said, your time and your reign and your rule is over. He ascended up out of the pit and resurrected from hell and from death. And the echo of those messages to his disciples of the fact that he would build his church, but we are to carry and execute the keys of the kingdom reverberated in their hearts. As they walked on the road and didn't even recognize Him, there was something burning on the inside. There was something from another realm that was standing in their midst that made everything possible, anything possible. In the midst of hopelessness, hope was manifesting. And His name was Jesus. And that beautiful blood was now translated into their veins. And that beautiful broken body now made them whole in every way, spirit, soul, and body. And they were empowered under the grace of God to go and transform society, even though many of them lost their lives in the midst of doing it. But they never gave up. They never shrunk back. So, Lord, today, we pause and we remember what you've done. And we eat, and we drink, and we say that you are good, that you are good. So would you take and would you drink today? As you do, would you let something fill your heart that's going to move you out of a space where there's prolonged childishness and take us all myself included, to the next level. Yeah. Let this be a house 
to come. Let us make a way for your love, Lord. Let this be a place where you long to stay. Where you can abide, where you can find rest. It's the power of your presence that changes us. Not self ever. It's the glory around us. Where we're undone. Open things up. Come on, hear me this morning. Open things up. Open it up. Open up the gates. Open up. Life to flow. Yeah. We're going to stay in this space. You're officially dismissed, but if you could just quietly make your way to get your kids. And we're going to have some of our ministry team down here. I feel like... For so many in this room, this is a defining moment this morning to move you to another realm. A realm that's your portion right now. Okay? So come and receive of the Lord. God bless you guys.